Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I'm excited because today we're talking all about your worth. And basically your worth does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your value. Now, I have to say that this one really touches my heart because so often I really... I questioned whether or not I was a good partner, a good wife, a good, you know, you question yourself in those situations. It's like, oh my gosh, because based on someone else's behavior and their choices, it really does make you question your self-worth. They question, you question, you know, am I a good lover? You know, when someone is addicted to drugs or um, someone is, you know, has alcoholism, it's really, really hard sometimes to see your innate value because sometimes you're discarded, sometimes you're disrespected, you're lied to, manipulated. Like there's so many things that make us question ourselves in that situation. So I really thought this is such a wonderful topic to talk about because building your self-worth is so important for taking back your power. And you know what? Oftentimes you might catch yourself thinking that you're unlikely lovable or you're unworthy. And I know after I was no longer with the person that I loved with an addiction, it really made me question my worthiness and like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not lovable or maybe it, maybe there's a morsel of truth that I drove him to do drugs. (laughs) You know, maybe I'm boring or maybe, you know, I'm not as fun, but all those things are really sad that I was, I, I turned on myself. And so self-worth comes from a place where you have a sense of your value or your worth as a person. Low self-worth is almost like a tree without roots. So when the wind blows, you know, and there's challenging situations in our life, we can bend or we can fall. So building your self-worth contributes to your healthy confidence and it makes you more robust in the face of challenge. So this topic is so perfect for saving you is killing me, loving someone with addiction, because so many times we really do have our self-worth that's getting eroded and knocked down and our roots may not be deep into the ground. So the excellent news is that self-worth is something that we can develop. It's something that we can learn, and it's actually something that we can strengthen. Self-worth basically means that you're believing that you are a fundamentally worthy person, that you have so much value and you have so many strengths. So it's really important to delve into that. Your value doesn't decrease based on what you do or what you don't do. Um, you have value. You just have it. 
So the bottom line is you are worthy and you have value to offer this world. And that is the message of today's podcast. So there's several crucial reasons why self-worth is essential for our health and our happiness. So essentially it helps us to love and respect ourselves more. It allows us to create personal boundaries. It enables us to be confident. So it also enables us to be authentically ourselves. It helps us to remove toxic people. We know about those. It helps us to remove toxic people and also toxic habits from our life when we have this idea of self-worth, when we have more self-worth. It also inspires us to find loving friends and loving partners. So the consequences of low self-worth can be enormous. Low self-worth has been associated with depression, anxiety, you know, the willingness to tolerate abuse, and you know, just a nagging sense of defeat as well comes along along with low self-worth. So there are things that you can do to increase your self-worth so you can show up and you can be on your own team, so to speak. And, you know, it's really, we really need this, especially when we're going through challenges that life can bring, such as loving someone with an addiction. So since self-worth comes from a place where you have a sense of value or, you know, your, your worthiness as a person, it naturally builds our sense of self-efficacy. Now, this is a positive psychology term and self-efficacy basically refers to your own belief in your own capacity to deal with things um, in your life. So self-efficacy is, it really does reflect a confidence in your ability to influence your environment. It, it, it affects us on a level that makes us feel like we have a sense of control. We have a sense of influence on our, our environment, which is so important, especially when we feel very much out of control when we love someone with an addiction. So although we are powerless over someone else's addiction, uh, we still have value that we can offer this world. We still have worth to offer this world. So um, one of my favorite psychologists and author of social learning theory, um, Albert Bandura, he talks all about this idea of self-efficacy and he actually defined self-efficacy as one's belief in one's ability to succeed in specific situations or to accomplish specific tasks. So it's your belief in your abilities. And I love that, right? So gaining an understanding of self-efficacy Efficacy makes us more powerful, right? It makes us um, want to show interest in making our lives better. So it's a form of taking a stronger stance and taking a stronger initiative within our life. And when you've been knocked down, oh my gosh, this becomes so important. So it allows us to recover more quickly when we have setbacks, when we have disappointments, and we know we have those. Um, and we can view challenging problems as almost like a task ask that we can overcome. And, um, essentially it's really important. Like when all else seems lost, we can increase our sense of self-efficacy and we can feel like we have more influence on our own personal lives and we're more likely to thrive and become more resilient 
even among some of the biggest challenges and setbacks in our life. So the idea here is that we all want to be more confident. We want to be more confident in ourselves and we want to gain faith in our ability to handle what life throws at us and to be more self-reliant and regain our spirit and gain our self-belief back. And self-worth and building up this self-worth and self-efficacy is actually the tool to do that, right? So it becomes essential to believe in yourself essentially and your ability to struggle well through the trauma associated with loving someone with an addiction. So when you're faced with this challenge, we can rise instead of giving up and feeling defeated. Self-efficacy and self-worth really determines how we think and feel about ourselves. And often uh, the truth in ourselves, it really determines how we really honor our truth. So self-efficacy and self-worth really do influence our thoughts. It influences our actions. It influences our emotions and even our motivation, which is huge, right? If we're feeling really low on the self-worth, we're not going to treat ourselves well. We're going to, we're not going to set healthy boundaries. We're not going to, you know, push ourselves and motivate ourselves to go out and take care of ourselves with nice walks and nature and things like that. So psychologists even believe that it's vital to help people realize their self-worth and that it's a power um, that we can have when we're going through challenge that life inevitably is going to bring. Okay. So how do we do it? How do we cultivate self-worth and how do we take back our power? So here are some tips from a positive psychologist, the science behind it on how to build, maintain, and improve self-efficacy. So some of the steps are to notice your success and accept failure. Another one is role models and examples. Another one is being nice to yourself. Another one is focusing on your strengths. Another one is stretching yourself, challenging yourself and setting goals that push you forward. Another one that they suggest is avoid familiar, stressful situations. Sound familiar? I mean, like what's that expression of Groundhog Day? Like this keeps happening over and over again. And I know some of the examples that I would think when I, when I was in the heart of um, my boyfriend's active addiction, I felt like, oh my God, like it was like a roller coaster and I was on it. Right. And, um, and the thing is, is that, you know what, you can jump off that roller coaster. You're going to get some bruises for sure. Um, but the idea here is to avoid familiar stressful situations. So let's go through each of these a little bit to delve into them a little bit more so you can cultivate self-worth and help to take back your power in your life. So notice your success and accept your failures. This is huge, right? Self-mastery actually requires resilience to manage our expectations. So the idea here is, is that when we try new things or when we do things, it's really really important for us to notice our successes and really give ourselves wonderful credit and, and opportunities to, to, you know, savor our successes. But then at the same time, notice that when you try new things, failure is inevitable. So not doing so good at something or challenging yourself to try new things is really important because accepting that failure actually provides opportunities for learning and growing. And that is part of building our self worth and our self-efficacy to make us feel like we have influence on our environment. 
So that is huge, right? As you keep overcoming obstacles, you gain more and more strength and you actually end up gaining more and more belief in yourself. So challenging, trying new things, doing new things, challenging yourself, noticing your successes, yes, but also accepting failure, accepting challenge, accepting setback as opportunities to learn and grow. And that is a huge, huge, wonderful learning lesson. And in positive psychology, we call it the growth mindset um, from Carol Dweck's work and, and basically looking at things that like, you know what, if you fail at something, it's not like saying I'm a failure. It's like, wow, that didn't work for me. It's like, how can I learn from that and grow? And I really love that. So accepting failures and criticism positively as an opportunity to learn and grow everyday practice and, you know, leads to eventual, eventual mastery. So in a big way, does help to build a belief in ourselves and our self-worth. Makes sense, right? So then the next thing they talk about is role models and examples. It's really important to have role model models or other people that are going through something similar and they've gotten through it. And, and that's what this podcast is all about. That's like what helped me when I was in the heart of all this, you know, loving someone with an addiction. Um, the support groups really were instrumental to me. Reading resources were instrumental and talking with other people that had been through similar, um, similar things that I was going through, just even having someone just understand and to see that, oh my gosh, okay, you know, they made it through it. Um, and so the idea here is, is that role modeling is very important because it makes you feel like you're not alone and it gives you a bit of confidence that you're going to be okay. So seeing others accomplish or overcome challenges can actually build your confidence that you too can get through things. And the idea here is, is not to compare. So avoid comparison and surround yourself with more positive and supportive people that can help you believe in yourself. So that makes sense too. So another thing that can help build your self-worth is be nice to yourself. I mean, how many times have you been so hard on yourself? Like me, like in my situations, like, am I not fun? Like, why does he always want to leave and, you know, stay out all night with other people? (laughs) And why does he want to stay in the garage instead of coming in and making love to me? It's like the idea here is, is that, you know, instead of thinking and being mean to yourself, um, the idea here is to offer yourself compassion and self-compassion. And I love Christian. Neff's work. Um, and there's, uh, there's going to be so many podcasts on self-compassion. Trust me on that one. Self-compassion and being kind to yourself in an, in a wonderfully understanding way can help you gain self-efficacy instead of knocking yourself down and being rude or overly critical towards yourself. You, that actually ends up lowering your self-worth and lowering your self-efficacy. So it's almost like being on your own team and believing in yourself, focus on your successes and many accomplishments instead of your shortcomings. And that's so important. So the idea here is to watch that self-talk. Notice what you're saying, that internal dialogue, and, and changing it like you are your best friend, your own best friend, loving kindness towards yourself. That's essential for building your self-worth. Okay, so the other thing that they suggest, and, and it's all in, in psychology and actually a lot of Robert Bandura's work um, is really is is really um, all to do with this. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting his name right. Albert, Albert Bandura. Um, his work is to do with building self-efficacy. 
And one of the suggestions also is that focusing on your strengths, and we know in positive psychology, right, it's like um, putting a spotlight on your strengths and really utilizing your strengths in your everyday living so that you are stronger, so you can focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses, and you can rejoice even in those small successes, these small wins, we call them, what's good, focusing and savoring those. I always say it's like squeezing out every last little bit of juice of these wonderful small successes and focusing on your strengths really does build your sense of self-efficacy. It really does build your sense of self-worth as well. So maximizing your abilities by using your strengths. So another thing that they suggest is, and what's suggested is to stretch yourself. So this idea here, and I always do that when I'm coaching my clients is like, okay, like uh, they usually end up having action that they want to take within their week and like they're excited, but then I love pushing them or stretching them a little tiny bit more. Um, setting things, setting goals and moving away from apathy or what we call the comfort zone and, and, and moving more towards your goals, stepping out of of that comfort zone and kind of stretching yourself a little further actually is one of the best ways that you can build your belief in yourself and your self-worth and your self-efficacy. So staying in a positive environment that makes the most of your abilities is also really important and keep persevering and trying new things and facing small challenges. Like they don't have to be some grandiose thing that really pushes you out of your comfort zone. It can be little tiny things that push you out of your comfort zone. So example could be like, you know, if you normally run three kilometers, push yourself for that fourth kilometer. You know, like little tiny things that help stretch you and challenge you. And these small challenges actually help build this sense of self-worth and self-efficacy and your belief in yourself. Like, wow, I, I accomplished that. Amazing. So thinking about starting and what we call in positive psychology is a passion project or a new class or something, you know, start something that makes you excited. So I asked you, like, what does make you excited? What do you want to try? What do you, what do you see someone else doing? that you're like, I wish I could do that. I invite you to start looking into that, right? And so the idea here is to maximize your effort even amongst challenge. So um, pushing yourself a little bit or stretching yourself uh, is a nice way of putting it to help build your self-worth and belief in yourself. So another suggestion is avoiding familiar, stressful situations. <laughs> now, this one could be a little harder in the situation of when you love someone with an addiction. So adversity affects our well-being. It also affects our performance, and science has confirmed this. So notice the particular places or people that take you down. Now, you're probably thinking, oh my God, that's so easy. <laughs> you can see it right in front of your face. So the idea here is to increase and, and, and be able to go some places if you can, when you can go to places, um, someplace else where you can be with people or practice, um, you know, being in situations where you can be less stressful and, and try to avoid those knowingly stressful situations. So if you know that someone's going to try and pick a fight because they want to leave, um, maybe practice that, uh, gray rock where you, you know, you just 
turn into a gray rock and just kind of don't engage. And, you know, so one strategy for dealing with difficult people is to act like a gray rock, meaning you become less interested and unresponsive. And I think that that's pretty powerful when you love someone with an addiction. Um, so you don't have to feed into the drama. You don't have to give it attention and, um, you just, you know, don't show emotion or say anything that someone could argue. Um, because we know, right. Uh, with the last episode on gaslighting, we know that this is a tendency amongst, um, people who have an addiction. So what we want to do here is try as, as best we can to avoid familiar, stressful situations to help build our self-worth and not be taken down. All right. So another thing is to reframe obstacles. Now this is really important. And and I talk a lot about self-awareness and emotional intelligence also as a wonderful tool for building your resilience, but reframing obstacles also is a wonderful way to reconstruct how you look at, you know, failure in your life, challenges in your life, and, and allows you to think instead about how you can apply more positive interventions to, to, to these challenges. So that way you take initiative for the situation. So knowing that you have obstacles in your life, knowing that you have challenging, if you can mentally construct or reframe how you look at this challenge, how you look at what we call maybe something that maybe we're evaluating as a failure or a disappointment. Um, so going through diff- the difficulties of loving someone with addiction is not, not a loss or a shortcoming. It's, it's, it, you, we have that energy of shame typically, um, but it's important for us to reframe it, that obstacle as an opportunity to grow and learn and, and meet new people and reach out to our resources and, and reframing. So, and, and I know I talk a lot about struggling well. So one of the strategies to help build your self-worth and not tear yourself down is to find ways for coping and find ways to handle things. It's essentially a, a wonderful way to, you know, look at things in a different way, not as failure but maybe as opportunities for growth. And I know when you're in it, sometimes it's really hard, but that's one of the strategies too. So basically reframing obstacles, avoiding familiar stressful situations, stretching yourself, focusing on your strengths, be kind and nice to yourself, find some role models who are examples of confidence and getting through uh, challenges and notice your success and accept those failures too. And um, those are wonderful tools that we can use to to help cultivate self-worth so that we can take back our power. And self-worth is so important on so many levels to help really grow those roots and get the, you know, our roots so that when the wind does blow or when challenge does come in our way that we have strong roots. So we're able to stay standing tall. So that's it, my friends. I'm sending hugs. I hope you enjoyed this and got a lot out of it and uh, I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreasidel.com where we have a wonderful supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. 
I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.